Hi, my name is Isabel Galliano and I am a cancer coach. And my role is to support cancer patients and those affected by cancer throughout their healing journey. I give advice to nutrition, emotional well-being, cancer coaching, and physical activity. This talk, we understand that there is much more to oral health than we might have thought. Actually, oral health can really have an impact on your overall health. And there are quite a bit of links between oral health and many diseases, like certain cancers, but also heart diseases, diabetes, or other autoimmune diseases. So the aim of this talk is really to shed awareness about the importance of oral health, but also to give you very practical tips on how to keep your mouth healthy, and then to address very common complications in the mouth, like mouth sores, dry mouth, or bleeding gums. And this is very, very typical side effects for many cancer patients. So I'm very happy that today I'm joined by Dr. Mona Bort, who is the biological dentist for all these topics. Hi and welcome, Dr. Mona Bort. Hi, Isabel. Thank you very much. So, Dr. Bort, you started your career as a traditional dentist. And then you got more and more interested in the lifestyle of your patients, in their diet, and you really understood that there is much more and that there is a broader connection between oral health and general health. And that's one of the reasons that got you motivated to get into biological dentistry. And now you are a certified biological dentist. So if you don't mind explaining to us a little bit, how does your consultation now differ from what it did at the beginning when you working as a traditional dentist, what are you looking into when you do a consultation? So um, it, it differs in that uh, the first part of the consultation is a quite detailed chat all about you. So I'll ask you about your medical history and your dental history, but I'll also ask you about your social history, where you live, who you live with, what your job is, what your hours are like, what your stress levels are, um, how your diet is. We, we have a little chat about what you eat, not just sugar. You know, it's a bit more detailed than just sugar as well. Um, we talk about digestion, hydration, exercise, um, and self-care. Like, how do you, what do you do for yourself? Once that's done, uh, which, it, you know, it can take half an hour to 45 minutes sometimes if we have a lot to discuss. Uh, then we move on to the extra oral exam. So I, I'm examining outside of the mouth first. So first thing I look at while I'm talking to you is the symmetry of the face. I will check the lips. I will check the general facial skin for any lumps and bumps. Um, and then I will check the lymph nodes and I will palpate your temporomandibular joint, which is your jaw joint, to check for any dysfunction, clicking or pain. Once the extra oral exam is done, we will do the intraoral exam. We will check inside the mouth. So we'll check. I'll check the soft tissues first before looking at the teeth. I will check the soft tissues. So um, I will check the tongue, the palate, the inside of the cheeks, the throat, under the tongue as well. These are all very important areas um, to check for oral manifestations of systemic disease. So many different diseases can manifest inside the mouth and we can discuss it a little bit more um, afterwards. I'm, I'm checking for lumps, bumps, inflammations, red lesions, white lesions, um, anything that's not quite uh, 
within normal realms. And patients will often ask me, what's this, what's that? And then we can, you know, we can get to the bottom of it. Often it's just something very normal that they, you know, they didn't, they didn't realize was supposed to be there. Um, then, you know, Sorry, I think it's so fascinating, you know, that you look at all these different components of health. And that's really also what, what we do as, as health coaches or as cancer coaches. It's really to have an overall view of the patient and to understand their lifestyle, their physical activity, their sleep habits. And I, I, I find it really great that you do that also as a dentist. So tell us a little bit more. You, 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 when do you kind of decide if there is a need for, for an x-ray? So uh, once, once I've checked the soft tissues, I will check the teeth, check for any decay, check for any broken teeth, shortened teeth, staining, deposits, all these things I will check and note them down, any restorations, crowns, etc. Um, and then I will move on to doing an x-ray. If the patient has a, a recent x-ray, then we will get them to email it to us in advance. I don't want to um, unnecessarily irradiate my patients, though our um, our X-ray machines are digital and have a much lower radiation than the plain uh, physical films. Um, we use we and we do use a thyroid collar when we're doing the smaller kind of X-rays. For the panoramic X-ray, we just kind of bring the the lead apron right up to the neck. That's as as good as we can do because the thyroid collar will make a big white blob in the X-ray if we use it on the panoramic X-ray. Um, on the x-ray, we're also looking to check the health of the teeth, but also the health of the bone. This is, this is the x-rays to check the hard tissues. So we're checking for um, any, you know, where are the wisdom teeth there? Are they, are they hiding? Are they buried inside the bone? Do we have any, um, any radiolucencies or radiopacities, which means, you know, slightly whiter bits or slightly darker bits within the bone structure? These can... Um, uh, can mean that there is some kind of infection or inflammation or even a cancer. So it is really important to get that x-ray every few years just to make sure. I think it's really important that you mention that because I feel that uh, sometimes clients, they don't really understand why you do an x-ray. They don't really see the importance of it. And they might also be afraid because they know, you know that they are radiation and they say why should I do an x-ray because that put me in danger so what, what, what do you say to that uh, I mean in 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 most ways the benefits will outweigh the negatives and as I said we try to really um, keep the x-rays to a minimum often if patients really don't want to have an x-ray we may make a compromise where I will do one x-ray this visit and I will do one another one the next visit to give their body time to kind of detox from that bit of radiation that they just had. Okay. And you mentioned that the x-ray was also particularly important in terms of looking for possible cancers. So what other signs are you looking into the mouse to detect a, a probable cancer? Uh, so inside the mouth, I'm checking... First, I'm checking outside the mouth, I'm checking the lips um, because we do have the sun exposure um, and also the nose with, uh, and we can get some facial skin cancers that dentists are able to spot. Um, then inside the mouth, I'm checking the lips, the tongue, also the throat. 
the gums and the floor of the mouth. Um, the, the main population of people who are at risk of mouth cancer would be those who are smoking and or um, drinking alcohol regularly. Uh, but also in a younger population, there is, uh, there is a, a very kind of um, quiet thing going on, which is the human papillomavirus. This is, this is a sexually transmitted disease. It, it is it's genital warts, but it can manifest in the mouth um, and it can cause tonsillar and pharyngeal cancers. So this is why it's important for us to check for these um, symptoms that you might get or signs that you might see would include uh, a sore or an ulcer uh, in the mouth that just doesn't, doesn't go away. Um, any kind of mass or growth inside the mouth, anything that doesn't look quite right, you should get it checked out. Any bleeding from the mouth or loose teeth doesn't always mean it's cancer, but it, it can be a sign. Um, also, painful swallowing can can um, can denote uh, a possible throat cancer. Uh, a lump in your neck. That's why we we do check the um, the lymph nodes when when I'm examining. Uh, also, coughing up blood or any hoarseness of the of the voice can also be. These are all kind of signs that you should get checked out if you don't know why it's happening and it doesn't go away. Yeah, and we don't always, and we shouldn't wait until it becomes worse and it, it, until a growth becomes really bigger. Or into the, and, and some people think that because they are not in pain, uh, it doesn't mean anything. But uh, we, I mean, we always agree that prevention is the best medicine. So whatever you feel that is uh, not normal inside your mouth, you always better check. It doesn't mean it's, it's something serious, but you, you definitely should, should check it out. Now. Um, Another very important point that I think, and I'm so happy about, there has been a lot of awareness around is the importance of your digestion system and your gut health. And I think that people now understand more and more that to have uh, to be healthy, you really need to have a healthy gut, to have all this variety of good bacteria that have many important functions, not only an effective digestion and absorbing the right nutrients, but also have an important role to play in terms of the uh, immune system, which is, of course, extremely important to fight off any kind of disease, including cancer. Now, what I find very interesting is that often people forget that actually gut starts with the mouth, and that the mouth is actually the very first part of the whole digestive system. We, we need to take care of our minds too in order to have a healthy gut and a healthy digestion. So uh, you as a biological dentist, when you look inside the mouth, what are some signs that might indicate that the digestion is not working 100% or that people might have to, you know, to, to optimize a little bit their, their digestive and gut health? Fantastic question. Um, <laughs> so. While we're doing our, our little discussion uh, at the beginning, then you know I do ask about the digestion, but um, things like swollen, bleeding gums, uh, cavities in the teeth, as well as bad breath and uh, white coating on the tongue are all big red flags that there might be a digestive issue going on. If you have any of these, um, then. I can, I can almost bet that uh, 
you're going to have some kind of digestive issue going on. Um, and because most of our di most of our immune system is is in the gut, uh, any dysfunction within the gut will affect our immunity and our capacity to heal. We'll heal more slowly. Uh, you know, it's also the place where we absorb nutrients. So, you know, if the, if the microbiome is out of balance, uh, then we're not able to absorb the nutrients that we need. Then start to get some kind of chronic digestive issue. And then it has a knock-on effect in the rest of the body because the rest of the body is not getting um, the nutrients that it needs. And then, yeah, it can show in the mouth in the form of dental decay um, or, or periodontal disease. And periodontal disease is strongly linked to uh, diabetes, to high blood pressure, even Alzheimer's and heart disease. So it's super important to just get on top of the digestion and of oral health. I think it's so important, you know, to stress all these points. And I, I, I see very often, and maybe you have that too in your practice, that people kind of get used to these symptoms. They kind of get used that they have a dry mouth or they are used to that they just have some bleeding gums when they brush their teeth and they just think, well, that's just the way I am. But but they don't realize that it might, you know, indicate other problems and also that there are solutions to all of these problems uh, that, that, that you should try to, to, to do something against it. And talking about digestion, um, one of the things I also always like to emphasize is that uh, the digestion really starts in your mouth. So I always try to motivate my clients to make sure that they really take the time to chew their food properly because that will be so much easier for our body to, to absorb the nutrients when the food is chewed properly. But in order to be able to really get the maximum benefit, we of course need saliva. And we need a proper amount of saliva. We also need the right microbiome in our mouths to be able to do all that. And um, so, so what, what, what are some signs, you know, when, when people are, are not... And, and another thing that I think you might also talk about is these important enzymes that are in the saliva that help us digest certain food, specifically carbs. So uh, I always remind my clients too that if they are eating carbs, it's even more important to really chew properly so that the digestion starts in the mouth. So how common is uh, a dry mouth... Uh, that you see in your consultations? Uh, it's it's not it's not extremely common, but it, we definitely do see it. Uh, signs would be, uh, you know, there's just not much saliva in the mouth when I look inside the mouth. Usually when a patient opens their mouth, there's a little pool of saliva under the tongue. If it's not there, then, you know, I, I might uh, start looking for signs of decay because actually as well as the, um, the enzymes which digest uh, the carbs, the amylase, um, there is also lysozyme in our saliva and lysozyme is our, our own antibacterial agent which is in our saliva. Uh, and this helps us to fight the decay bacteria. So if we don't have that first line protection, um, then we are, we are definitely more at risk of getting some cavities and, uh, you know, this, this, this is a very typical side effect that, for example, cancer patients have when they, 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 they go, uh, specifically when they go to treatment. But 
very, very often, it's so common to see in cancer patients uh, problems in their mouth, which are very much due to side effects of treatments. And I see it really every single day in my practice uh, that there are side effects in the mouth. And we talk about mouth sores, dry mouth, bleeding gum, but also sheer pain. Uh, I really have a lot of clients who, who, who really complain about pain around the tongue, which has so many, you know, uh, side, other side effects because eating becomes really difficult, swallowing becomes difficult, even sleeping at night becomes difficult. And uh, all these side effects, of course, don't help you, you know, to feel well, to recover well, and to, to, to have a strong immune system. So I, I think that it's really important to emphasize that we need to take this very, very seriously since the very beginning. And that because it's so common among cancer patients, I always like to talk about prevention. Because again, there is nothing better than preventing any kind of trouble. So uh, I remember very well that when I was diagnosed with cancer, you know, we had a list of so many things you need to do. And on that list, I was go and see your dentist. So that was one thing that most cancer patients are still told that they should go and see the dentist to make sure you know there is no problem in their mouth before they start any kind of treatment, particularly of course chemotherapy and then any kind of radiation So what are some kind of problems that should need to be looked at and try to be fixed before starting any kind of treatment? So so before starting uh, embarking on a cancer treatment. Um, so if you if you come to the dentist before starting your cancer treatment, we would uh, need to do the whole check that we just talked about uh, and deal with any dental disease, so any decay, any gum problems. Um, we would also need to check on your x-ray if there are any root canal treatments and check the, the status of these root canal treatments um, a root canal treatment is basically a dead tooth which has been kind of preserved uh, in the bone to, so that you don't have to kind of lose the tooth. Uh, so to do a root canal treatment, we remove the nerve and then we clean the, the little root canal. Uh, it's a microscopic kind of tunnel inside the root. Uh, and then that little tunnel is filled with um, a rubber resin kind of material. Quite often, there is some, some amount of bacteria left inside, be it large or a small amount. Uh, and these can cause irritations and, um, and can, can multiply and, and cause some kind of infection, especially if our immune system is a little bit lowered, then that's when these bacteria would turn pathogenic and, and would start to kind of... Um, eat the bone around the tooth. And then this would show on our x-ray as a black a black spot around the tip of the root. Um, so this is, this is a very important thing to address. And it, uh, in my opinion, in my office, this must be removed. Okay. okay. It's that's only something that you, you would look, I mean, for any kind of patient anyway, you would look at, at, at yeah. root canals that might cause a problem. And if I understand properly, uh, it, this is uh, uh, very tricky because because the tooth is deaf and that there are no nerves, you don't get the signal that there is any kind of damage or inflammation because you don't feel pain. So there might be an underlying infection there, and which can cause really trouble if it goes into bloodstream 
uh, can become a bigger infection, but you don't really feel it because the nerves are not there. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, the bone is, is kind of spongy, so the, the infection can kind of spread out without causing pain because it's, it's kind of pushing on something and just keeps kind of spreading. Um, I mean, sometimes these lesions can cause pain, but they can also be painless and only spotted on an x-ray. Okay, good. And also just maybe to understand a little bit, why do so many cancer patients have these side effects in the mouth, specifically with chemo? Because, I, I mean, the chemo really attacks the, 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 the cells that are multiplying very, very fast. And the yes. cells in the mouth are the multiplying and dividing very, very fast. That's why they are one of the first that get hit by chemo. Is that right? Yes, exactly. The the epithelium inside the mouth is is always uh, always renewing itself. That's why the mouth heals so quickly because you you know you cut your tongue or you cut your cheek the next day. It's fine. That's why because they're rapidly multiplying cells. Yeah, and I I see very very much with my cancer patients that the taste buds get really very much affected. They start to have like a weird taste in their mouths. They start not to enjoy the food that much. And uh, of course, pain is also very often a side effect. So talking again about prevention. So apart from going to see your dentist before starting any kind of treatment, which is really important to do, there are a few other recommendations that I like to give uh, that, that can help in terms of prevention. So I, I always recommend to my clients before they start treatment to uh, uh, use oil pulling. So uh, for those who are not familiar with it, it's really to, to take some uh, coconut extra virgin oil, put it in your mouth, and then swish it around your mouth. And ideally, you need to do it really for quite a long period of time, at least 10 minutes. And uh, there, there are so many benefits out of it because the olive oil really helps to remove bacteria and fungi. But it also has been shown that it strengthens the gum and it can help in terms of bleeding gums. And I've been doing some research for this talk and it was really interesting to find quite a bit of uh, articles even on PubMed recognizing the, the efficiency of oil pulling for the health of the mouth. And, and these are things that, you know, you don't take any risk. So the important part is to make sure that you don't swallow any of the oil because once you swish your mouth with it, it will be full of bacteria. So you don't want to swallow the bacteria back into your body. But it can be something quite efficient in terms of prevention, but also while you are going in treatment. I have seen with client that it does have a soothing effect on their mouth, and it also helps with the bad taste because the coconut oil leaves a little bit of a nicer taste. So these are kind of uh, very easy and, and non-dangerous tips that you might want to use. Uh, another, um, another tip is to use aloe vera, so topically mostly. And again, there has been quite a bit of articles showing that using topical aloe vera gel in your mouth, again, do not uh, swallow it, uh, can be helpful in terms of prevention of mouth problems, specifically radiation in the mouth. So very interesting study showing that simple uh, aloe vera can really, really reduce the, the damages done inside the mouth. So um, and another thing I have here, my, my list of tips, <laughs> it's, it's sodium bicarbonate mouthwash. So that's also something that you dilute some in, in, uh, in uh, water and you again 
rinse your mouth with it for a while can also have uh, alleviating effects. But um, these are problems that everybody can have, not, not, not all, 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 only, only cancer patients. You mentioned before the importance of looking at root canals. But uh, there is another issue that uh, most people uh, are worried about. And actually, I got a question yesterday about it. How about methyl in the mouth? So what are the dangers of using these fillings that contain methyl? So methyl in the mouth, within dentistry, there are, there are several ways that the dentist can put metal into your mouth. Today, uh, mercury amalgams are still placed uh, in some countries and in some clinics but it's slowly dying out. Um, now it's the, the issue is removing it safely. So that's something that I do in the clinic is removing, removing the metal from the mouth without exposing the patient to uh, physically being covered or inhaling or ingesting the mercury or whatever metal it may be. Um, so there's, there is mercury, then there are some semi-precious metals as kind of like a, an alloy mix uh, which is uh, used to make metal ceramic crowns so that the, the, the underneath part is metallic and then ceramic is built on top of it. So it looks like a white crown, but actually underneath is metal. Um, then there are gold crowns. So these are just pure kind of, they're not pure gold, but they look like gold, um, but they are still a gold alloy. So they do contain a mixture of metals again. Uh, then there are things like cobalt chromium, um, dentures, as well as titanium implants. Uh, so these are all the different kinds of metals. And also, you know, the wires for sticking the teeth together when you've had an orthodontic treatment. Again, that's a wire and it always contains nickel. So nickel is, is a bit of an issue because about 20 to 30% of the population do have a sensitivity of some sort to nickel. So to put something permanently in their mouth, which is made of nickel, is a bit of a challenge to their immune system and may cause some, some unrest in their body. Uh, so I practice metal-free dentistry and uh, if I need to remove metal, then I do it. I do it safely so as not to expose my patients to, to more metal. So I think there are two components here that are very important. It's uh, if you need to have some work done, to, if you can, you, you have uh, the possibility to avoid methyl, it's a good thing to do for the reasons that you just mentioned. And I also wanted to add to that, that our, our abilities to detoxify heavy metals are of course very individualized. And there are people who, who are doing better in detoxifying, but many people are not that efficient in detoxifying heavy metals. And it builds up in your body. And uh, I mean, there is no, a minimal uh, uh, amount of, of lead or mercury that is kind of tolerable. You, you, you should really not have any of this in your body. And then specifically, if you are not that efficient in detoxifying, you can create quite a bit of problem. So the best thing, of course, is to avoid having all any kind of metals in your mouth. Now, if it's too late, if uh, you, know, you, you had, to, had the work done, uh, I think it's also important to understand that there are ways to remove it. And that uh, it's not I, not necessarily the best way to run to a dentist and ask to get everything removed immediately. But they, it needs to be removed in a proper way uh, so that it doesn't cause additional problem. Because when you remove it, there is, of course, also 
uh, some uh, metal that will be exposed. And uh, so you, you also are specialized in, in doing that, right? Yes, so um, I will, yeah, we have, a, we have a full protocol that we follow and makes your appointment about half an hour longer because we're, you know, messing about for about half an hour, protecting everything and covering everything and, you know, putting the oxygen on, on our patient um, and getting all the different vacuum suction, vapor suction going on. Uh, and we work in conjunction with a naturopath or a functional medicine practitioner for detoxing afterwards, um, just to make sure that, you know, any last remnants of, of whatever it is, is, is removed from the body. I think that's very important to understand because I, I have seen uh, people in the past that, that hear my, I, I have metal in my mouth, I need to get removed it, and they, they would go to a dentist and have all the work done at the same time. And it's quite a bit of exposure to, to heavy metals that, that your body can't necessarily detox. So it really needs to be done in a very, very safe way. Um, and then if we can go back a little bit to, to kind of general health and, and prevention. So what would be kind of your top tips to give uh, for, for, for everybody to keep a healthy mouth? Uh, so, yeah, for everybody, I would say daily effective brushing and cleaning between the teeth is paramount in terms of what's going on inside the mouth. Um, so cleaning between the teeth, you can use floss, you can use interdental brushes. There is also something called a water pick. Whatever it is, you can get the whole lot of them, try them out, see what works for you. You can speak to your dentist and say, look, I've been using this. Is it working? It, you know, and just find what works for you because this is an important lifetime kind of decision. Um, and it is best to get your, the best protocol that works for you because some people just can't floss it's just too fiddly you know and that, that's okay it doesn't mean that you can't have the the, the area between your teeth cleaned in another way you can but do you it. need to get it done right it's not enough to just brush the teeth because you don't you do not access the area in between so you, you need to find a way that works for you that makes sure that the teeth are clean in between Absolutely. Then from the outside, we're, we're you know, for a, a general view, we need to eat a good diet. We need to get enough sleep, enough hydration, uh, eat the rainbow with fruits and vegetables, fresh fruits and vegetables daily. Um, and, you know, if you want to get some, uh, some supplements, then please speak to a professional. Don't self-prescribe. You know, it, you'll get more benefit um, more quickly if you, if you do it with a professional who can really follow you, they can test um, and they can, you know, they can get a combination of things that work together for you. Uh, things like vitamin A, D and K are the important dental vitamins to have good, healthy gums and teeth. These are fat soluble vitamins. Um, you can get them from uh, various foods and you can also get them in the form of supplements. You can get vitamin D from the sun, of course. Um, another, another thing that is, um, is important is using your nose to breathe. This sounds really irrelevant, I know, but, uh, using the nose to breathe is, is very important for health as well, because when we breathe through our nose, nitric oxide is produced 
and then uh, this helps our lungs to absorb more oxygen than the same breath that we could take with the mouth. So our body is being more oxygenated when we use our nose. This is profoundly important because, you know, we, most people are not really mindful of whether they use their nose or mouth to breathe. But if we can be mindful to use the nose, we may find improvements in concentration and, um, you know, less headaches and just better general health. Um, along with that, uh, the, 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 the correct posture for the mouth is for the teeth to be very slightly apart, one or two millimeters apart. We shouldn't have our teeth resting on top of each other because then it gives us a tendency to, to kind of clench our teeth together and this can cause damage to our teeth. It can cause damage to our bone and to our temporomandibular joint. It can give us headaches. It can even give us neck aches and shoulder pain. Um, this is because the, 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 keeping, the keeping the teeth apart uh, helps us to disengage these muscles so they can just relax, which is what they should be doing most of the time. They should only really be working when we're talking or, or eating. Uh, and then the position of the tongue, lastly, is very important. Um, keeping the tongue on the roof of the mouth, just behind the teeth, so it's not touching the teeth, and just very lightly pressing upwards the whole tongue. So not just the tip, but the, the, whole, the whole kind of tongue, pressing up. This is a great um, habit to take up as well. Uh, this will help to strengthen the oropharyngeal muscles. So these are the muscles at the back of the throat. Uh, it keeps them toned so that you're not gonna be snoring or having any kind of sleep apneas. Um, because you know, the, if the muscles are toned, they're, they're nice and tight, they're not gonna flop, flop backwards and block. So this is, this is another, another little random helpful factor. Yeah, but these are, are, are so important because that's what you do every single day of your life. And I always say what you do every single day of your life has a deep impact on your health. And I just wanted to get into what you just said. So in terms of diet, I mean, we know, of course, the common one like, 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 like sugar, but uh, I think what is true for a healthy diet is also true for a healthy mouse is that there are uh, foods that will uh, help having a better uh, mouse health and others that will uh, decline it and fibers for example are known you know to, to be protective uh, for your your, your, your your mouse for the mouse microbiome but also to clean naturally the teeth so Absolutely. i think that's it's 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 important concept to understand that uh, uh, and i think you mentioned that once to me that uh, you know many 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 years ago we didn't have toothbrushes and we would chew on on fiber and our, our teeth would be, be cleaned naturally in that way so we, we shouldn't forget uh, these very uh, specific and 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 common sense rules that what you eat can have a positive or negative effect on, on your, your mouth and then um i really love that you talked about breath and um again that's such an important part in any kind of health coaching program or in functional medicine the importance of the breath and very often underestimated. Uh, uh, and people, I think that the first thing always, like this always is to create awareness and simply, you know, tell everybody, just pay attention. How do you breathe? You know, are you breathing through your nose or through your mouth? And, and then try to switch it around. And there are techniques that, that can help you. 
Um, I, I believe that when you use to your mouse, there are also more possibilities that the mouse gets much drier, uh, especially at night when you when you sleep with an open mouse. In the morning, your, your mouse is probably very much dry, which is another thing to to to, to pay attention. And then when you, you when you say about teeth being apart, so how do you do that? <laughs> so okay, I guess it's. To do with with awareness, to just first of all, you know, have have a look. What do you do? But what? How do you do that? Okay, so um, <laughs> basically, I had to I had to I had to make my own kind of uh, protocol for this uh, because I, I I did find myself. I am a clencher. I don't grind my teeth, but I do clench if I'm not mindful. So uh, what, I, what I used to do is I used to wear a night guard, but now I'm more mindful. Uh, and if I'm going through a period of stress or anything like this, then I will slide the side of my tongue between my back teeth, okay? So I'll slide it in there and then I'll just carry on with my normal day. Obviously when I talk, I, I, I'm talking, but if my mouth is not being used, then my tongue is in the side there. Uh, and it acts as a little alarm so that if I'm going to clench my teeth, it's going to hurt. And I very quickly stopped doing it. But it took me, I think it took me like maybe a month of doing this and then I didn't need to do it anymore because I just already learned the habit not to clench the teeth together. So I say that. So, what you know, initially you can start by keeping it. So I, we talked about the tongue position, the tongue being up. So initially your tongue can be in the side. And once it's trained, then you can keep it up. Okay, good. And um, I I've always also have been asked a question here about uh, tooth brushing. So is it true or is it a myth that when you wake up in the morning, that there are lots of bacteria in your mouth and that you should actually first thing first brush your teeth and then eat or drink? And not like most people do, wake up, have their breakfast and then have brush the teeth afterwards. So what, what, what is the truth? Absolutely. Brushing the teeth before, uh, before you put anything in your mouth and start swallowing up all those bacteria and their toxins and their byproducts is definitely a good idea to brush first, get rid of it all. Okay. And also actually, let me just add tongue scraping. Tongue scraping is different to tongue brushing. Okay. Everyone can, can brush their tongue but a tongue scraper is that step further. It's an upgrade from your tongue brushing and it's another way to remove bacteria because it's basically, you know, your tongue is like a carpet. It has a very big surface area and anything stuck to your teeth, any bacteria living between your teeth or, or, or thereabouts is gonna be multiplying in that, in that carpet of your tongue. So a bit of tongue scraping will definitely, definitely help as well, just to kind of reduce the load, the bacterial load on your mouth and on your digestive tracts. So the idea is really to prevent the bacteria that have formed at night to get it into your system. And so by brushing the teeth first thing in the morning, they will not get into your digestive system. And I think the same is true when you have bleeding gums. When you have bleeding gums and the bacteria in the mouth go to inside your body through the bloodstream. Correct. So every time, every time your gum bleeds, yes, you feel blood in your in your mouth, but also the bacteria in your mouth are going inside your bloodstream. They're traveling to your heart, to your digestive tract, to your brain, 
Um, and you know, there, there are studies that link things like Alzheimer's and, and cardiovascular disease to gum disease. So when you have a bleeding gum, it's not just a bleeding gum because actually it's, it's painless. It, does, it doesn't hurt, but it doesn't mean that it's harmless. You need to get it checked out. If you find that your gums are bleeding, um, when you're brushing, then usually it's it's quite a lot worse than that when you go to the dentist. If you have one little spot of blood when you're brushing, then it probably means that when you go to the dentist and do a cleaning, there's going to be quite a lot more inflammation than that that they'll find. So don't delay. Go to the dentist. If you, if you, if you don't enjoy going to the dentist, let them know. You know, there are things that we can do. We can put numbing gel on your gums so that you don't feel the cleaning when we do it. If you really, you know, if you're really worried about it, or we can clean your teeth by hand. We don't need to use the the ultrasonic scaler. Just let us know. We 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 we're here to help. Yeah, and I think it's it's really important again to create awareness around that because most people see a bleeding gum like absolutely nothing new to worry about, and uh, can be just get used to it and to emphasize that it can mean many other things and that as you said you know the bacteria is going to your bloodstream which can cause many other problems but also it's often a sign of inflammation and i do remember uh, that after i had my chemo i had bleeding gums for months and even i, I would say at least two years after chemo because of the sensitivity that it produced and uh, it really took a, a long time to, to to get rid of it and and other tips like uh, you know brushing carefully not eating uh, foods that are too too sharp that might may kind of cut you or, or, or make your mouth even more sensitive. And again, somebody is asking here if we discussed already oil pulling. Yes, we did. Uh, and uh, but oil pulling also has has helped me quite a bit uh, to to reduce the bleeding of the gums and to fortify the gums. Uh, so now let's get into what are the the no no no's don't do. What should we really try to avoid for our our oral health? Okay, so we've got some uh, general don'ts and we've got some cancer don'ts. Okay, so to avoid cancer, don't smoke, um, don't chew tobacco, or don't and betel nut. This is this is something uh, that maybe Westerners don't don't do, but some um, some different cultures do chew betel nut. This is okay. This is carcinogenic um, and can cause mouth cancer. Um, keep alcohol to a minimum. Uh, and actually having fewer sexual partners can also help towards not having the human papillomavirus in the mouth, which can cause oral cancer um, as well. Uh, another thing is, you know, don't eat and drink sugar and carbs throughout the day. You know, if you must, if you're really going to, you know, you really want to do it, then you know having having a cake or having a sweet uh, every hour uh, rather than you know five sweets in one go having having them throughout the day is much worse because you're just keeping the acid attack constantly there and you're gonna um, you know you're gonna cause some damage that way you know we have some people who work nights or their guards or something like this they keep a little sweet in the cheek here. And the, all the teeth along the side here are completely decayed because of that habit. Um, so yeah, that's super important. Another thing is, you know, a lot of 
uh, healthy kind of uh, health conscious people will drink lemon water or have apple cider vinegar on a daily basis. I don't, I don't love this habit. Um, if you can find something else that gives you uh, a health boost, like, you know, celery juice or something like this, it would make me a lot happier because actually acid in the mouth is it's not good news, especially if it's on a daily basis. Even if you're using a straw, even if you're washing your mouth afterwards, it's still, you know, it's still going to slowly add up to some kind of um, tooth wear in, in over the years. If it's just for a short stint for a couple of months or something like this, okay, you can do it, but just use a straw and wash your mouth with water afterwards. So the acidity um, in the mouth is, is mainly because of the decay of the teeth. Yes. Sorry, there's a plane going over. Um, no yeah, another thing that I just wanted to reiterate here is uh, not to not to think that using a mouthwash can replace flossing. It can't. Mm. Okay, so just let's just dispel that myth now. And and if I may add to that, not only that it doesn't replace it, but it can cause other troubles. You know, because those mouthwashes, especially the one that are very strong, they really interfere with your natural uh, mouth uh, biome, microbiome, and they yes. they they kill so many of the good bacteria. So it's like right. a atomic bomb almost in your mouth, killing all the good bacteria. So so it's it's a good, an important po uh, point to raise. Also, I about what you just said. I think that the, the combination of tobacco and alcohol is specifically dangerous. Having both yes. at the same time. Yes, the alcohol can act as a solvent to kind of dissolve the tobacco. And it stays in what we call the gutter zone, which is uh, the area under the tongue and at the side of the tongue. This is where the saliva, where the alcohol can pool and can have a topical kind of uh, a localized effect. And that's where um, a lot of oral cancers are found in that gutter zone. Um, just going back to the drugs, I've got one more don't. Shall I say it? Or do you yes, go ahead. Um, sharing cutlery and cups. I don't love that. Mm. Um, yeah. Interesting. It, yeah. It's for obvious reasons. Just don't do it. What are the obvious reasons? Um, you know, everyone has their own mouth bacteria. You don't know what your friend's uh, oral hygiene status is. You don't know when the last time they went to the dentist was, periodontal uh, <laughs> disease. You don't know if they have human papilloma virus. Just mm. don't do it. Yeah, good, good, good point. We don't think about these things, to be honest. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I think it's very important that you raise the point about tobacco, specifically tobacco and alcohol combination. We often think that, uh, uh, you know, smoking will only cause lung cancer. But unfortunately, there are many other cancers that can be caused from tobacco use, specifically all the, the, the one related to the mouth. So that's another hopefully big, big motivation to, to, to never start smoking and if to try to stop smoking. I also just wanted to quickly go back to the snacking. So uh, like in general health, again, everything comes together. Uh, it's another trend that we have nowadays that we kind of eat all day long. It's like... Uh, we constantly have food, we, we work, we have food next to us, we watch TV, there's food, everywhere we go you can buy food, but it really created 
such a bad habit in so many ways. In our blood sugar is going crazy. Uh, it's difficult to keep with our weight. We are having far too much sugar. And I, I like that you also relate it to the oral hygiene of, of, of not only is it bad to have sugar, but it really increases uh, the negative effects if you are having it all, all day long. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's almost like a vicious cycle. So we have long days, we work hard, um, and then, you know, we probably don't get enough sleep. Then we wake up in the morning, we feel tired, we take a coffee to boost us up. Uh, then by, you know, 11, we're starving and exhausted. We'll have a cake or a biscuit to boost us up again. We'll have our lunch, and then by about 3 p.m., we're, like, ready for bed. Uh, we'll have another coffee just to wake us up yeah. again. Um, and, you know, it's just like a big blood sugar spike up and down. So the way to remediate this is to, A, start by getting enough sleep so that you don't feel tired, so that your body is not craving energy, so that you don't reach for the carbs. Um, if you can, if you can kind of keep carbs to 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 a, a limit, to a minimum, and try and eat the complex carbs, then you will you'll have less of these energy crashes, these blood sugar spikes, which also do affect the health of our teeth. Um, you know, these blood sugar spikes. Not only is the sugar directly attacking the teeth, but the blood sugar spike inside the body mm. is affecting the teeth from the inside as well, and making them more susceptible to decay. That's, that's so important to understand. So thank you for sharing all that. And there's a last question, and then I let you go. Is electric toothbrush or traditional toothbrush? <laughs> I love my electric toothbrush, but it's not for everyone. Um, it, you know, some patients, uh, some patients, you know, we, we talk about toothbrushing when, when the patient comes in. I will check their oral hygiene. If it all looks good, there is no gum bleeding, there is no staining, there is no calculus, no sign of disease. Whatever they're doing, I'm happy with. I also look for tooth wear if they're brushing too hard. So, you know, sometimes it swings this way and that way. So we just make sure we're just nice. Um, for some people, they come in and they, they're using a manual toothbrush, but they've got staining everywhere or their gums are bleeding a little bit, um, you know, there are hard to reach places, you know, wisdom teeth and twisted teeth and things like this. That's where the electric toothbrush can be really handy because it has a long, thin neck and a small round head and it does the movement for you. So you just need to position it in the right place. The only downside really is that, um, you know, the rattling can be a bit too much for some people, some very sensitive people. Um, though there are some toothbrushes now which have um, different settings, so you can you know you can put it on a lower, more gentle speed, if uh, if if you want to. Um, initially, when you get an electric toothbrush, you can feel just a bit a bit overwhelmed. Your nose can feel a bit itchy, but usually after a couple of weeks, that that goes away, and you just have a lovely set of clean teeth. Okay, wonderful. Well. Thank you so much for taking the time to answer to all these questions. And I also wanted to give a last reminder, go and see your dentist. I mean, that's one of the most important things you, you can do for your health. And usually you should go and see a dentist at least twice a year. So try to stick to that. You will do uh, good not only for your, your oral health, but also for your overall health. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Mona, to have joined us. Hope to see you very soon in another talk. Bye-bye, everybody. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Isabel. Thank you, everybody. Have a lovely day. Bye.